Well, again, I want to say, oh, <laughs> I want to say a big thank you to all the moms. I heard someone say recently, it's like, you know, kids get 364 days out of the year. Mom gets honored one. So <laughs> if your mom is still here on earth, make sure you honor her today by taking her to lunch. If she's here with you, giving her a phone call. And let me just say this. Don't just text her. Give her a phone call <laughs> so she can hear your voice today. Amen. So we are here to honor all moms, whether you're a biological mom. Some moms are stepmoms. Some have, have been thrown into the role of motherhood by raising maybe a relative or someone else's child. But there's many here, too, that are also spiritual moms your mentors, and we honor and we esteem and we respect the role of motherhood. And I might add, and grandmotherhood. <laughs> That's a new role that we've stepped into not so recently. Our oldest granddaughter is now 13 years old and there is nothing like being Grammy. Some child was asked, what do you think is the difference between moms and grandmoms. And the child responded, oh, I think about 20, about 20 or 30 years. And then they went on to say, and you know, you can always count on grandmothers for candy, but sometimes moms don't even have bread on them. <laughs> Strange thing to say. <laughs> and then I like this one. A daughter asked her mother, what is it like to have a perfect daughter. And the mom replied, I don't know. You'll have to ask your grandmother. <laughs> Thought that was a good one, right? So being Grammy is awesome. Like I said, we now have three granddaughters. Olivia's 13 and then Lucy is seven and Eden is seven as well. The two youngest ones are only three weeks apart and they are best buddies. Even though they live in different states, every Saturday they have a FaceTime play date. And it's just awesome to see them growing up and being so close. But I remember one time, I don't for sure how old Lucy was, but they came to our, our house and uh, Livia had pretty much instructed her you're going to love being at Grammy's house. And so Lucy came up to me and she said, Grammy, I can do anything I want at your house, right? And I'm about to say, yeah. And her dad stepped in and said, wait just a minute. But that is one of the things that's awesome about being a grandparent. You can love on them. You can give them candy. You can give them all the things they might like and then send them home. So that's really awesome. Anyway, so today... This phrase has been rolling around in my heart for quite a while. And I think it may have been like 12 years ago, 10 or 12 years ago, that I preached something along this lines. But I know it will come out completely different. So the title of my sermon today is, She Smiles at the Future. She Smiles at the Future. You know, the Bible has a lot to say about how we face our future and how we live our lives. 
Not just as moms, but every single believer. So there's truths in this message that are going to hit home for every single one of us. The Bible is clear. As children of God, we're full of the joy of the Lord. And we are to live our lives in such a way that represents Him as who He truly is. Our God is a good God, but you know our God is also a happy God. The Bible says over in Psalms, uh, I believe it's Psalms 145 verse 15, it says, happy are the people who are in such a state. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. How many believers are in the house today? Well, then that means we are should be the happiest people on earth. Because I am His and He is mine. I belong to Him and He belongs to me. And He is a good and He is a faithful Father. Can I get a witness? Joy and happiness are tangible forces. There's a, a, it's a statement to those around us. There's so much fear and anxiety in the world today. There's so much worry and concern over the future. But when we as believers walk about just living our daily lives full of peace, full of joy, just smiling at people. It's a tangible force that will dispel fear and change the atmosphere. Not only in our homes, but wherever we go. We as believers, we carry the weather with us. It might be stormy outside and there may be people in our lives that are facing difficulties and storms. But we can walk into a room and bring sunshine. We can walk into a place and change the very atmosphere just because we got God on the inside of us. The Bible says this, that we are in the world, but we're not of the world. We do not have to live like the world lives. And neither do we need to allow the world to dictate to us what the future holds. The world's not in charge of my future. The economy is not in charge of my future. There's no political party that's going to tell me how I'm going to live my life and how I'm going to face the future. It ha- my days are in His hands. Amen? And I'm living according to the Word of God. And Pastor quoted a beautiful scripture. When we're living our life according to His plan and His Word, He quoted, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor His seed out begging for bread. We're blessed, folks, because we know who holds our future. We may not know everything that the future holds, but I love to say it like this. But I know who holds my future. And I know he holds my hand. And I know I'm upheld by the word of his power. There ought to be some happy in the house over that today. Amen. So as we begin this message, that was just all my introduction. 
we're going to see in Proverbs 31 how we are to face our future. And maybe some of you ladies are like me. In the past, when somebody would get up and say, we're going to read Proverbs 31. My first reaction sometimes was, oh no, here we go. And you know, if you get hung up on all the natural stuff that this passage says that this woman does, you will miss the spiritual principles in this entire chapter. I know myself, when you read about her getting up early and all of this stuff and making her own clothes and everything, sometimes I read that and I'm like, well, for myself, I haven't sheared any sheep lately and spun their wool into beautiful clothes and garments and made these one-of-a-kind dresses and they were so popular, I had to open my own business to sell them, you know, and then these things go on. Or, or I don't have a huge garden that I go out and grow my own organic vegetables. And I haven't recently raised my own cattle and butchered them, you know, for my meat, for my family. And I certainly, now this is a certainly, do not arise real early in the morning and make homemade bread for my family every day. I don't do that stuff. So if you read all of that, you can go, wow, I don't think I qualify. But in reality, what this passage is saying for our day and for our time is that a virtuous woman is simply one, a godly woman who takes care of her family, who does what she needs to do in the natural to make sure that her home is a place of peace, that her home is a place that God dwells richly in. Amen? And then it goes on, and most importantly, not just the natural things we do. Those are important. But most importantly, what are we doing spiritually? For our family. I looked up the word virtuous. I thought, well, why not? Let's just see what it means. And it says this. It centers in on spiritual attributes of a virtuous woman. Actually, let me find that definition. That wasn't it. Characterized by high moral character. And in Strong's it says, inner strength and substance. So ladies, I want to say to you, you've got this. Be a woman that loves God, that worships God, that studies His Word, that teaches her children the principles of God's Word, that creates an atmosphere in your home where Jesus is glorified, where words full of wisdom flow from a spirit that's built up and nourished in the word of God, where you show his love and his kindness and his mercy. We can all strive for that. We can all aim for that. The truth is a virtuous woman, a woman of God is one that centers in on spiritual attributes that will impact and influence her family and those around her and generations to come. Amen. So we're going to just look at one verse out of Proverbs chapter 31 and we're going to center in 
on this verse today. It's found in verse 25. Proverbs 31, 25 out of the Amplified. Strength and dignity are her clothing. And her position is strong and secure. I love that. Her position is strong and secure. She rejoices over the future, the latter day, or the time to come, knowing that she and her family are in readiness for it. I love this. Strength are her clothing. You have to be strong to be a mom. I heard someone say if motherhood was going to be easy, it wouldn't start out with something called labor. It tells you, it gives you a clue right there that raising kids is going to be a lot of work. But whether you're a mom, a dad, a husband, a wife, a believer, all of us must rely on his ability and his strength to live a victorious life in this day and age. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. We'll be going back and forth into Proverbs, but I want to read this passage out of the Passion. Ephesians six ten. Now, my beloved ones, I have saved these most important truths for last. Listen to this phrase. Be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus. Stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in and through you. Supernaturally infused. So I looked up the word infused. In the, in the verb use of it, it says to cause, to be permeated with something that alters, usually for the better. To be caused, to be permeated with a substance that alters us, usually for the better. Well, when I think of that, I think of being infused with God, being infused with the spirit of power and might in the inner man. Praise the Lord, strong in the Lord, getting our strength from him, not our own ability. I heard this phrase, living from the inside out. When you try to live from the outside, you're going to fall short. We, there's things in life that all of us face that we don't have the answers to. We don't have the strength for. We can't figure it out in our own reasoning. That's why he said, be infused with his ability. Be empowered with your union with him. Learn to draw from the inside. Hallelujah. 
all of the answers that we need, all of the strength that we need to stand victorious in this day. It's not going to come from out here. It comes from in here. So all of us as believers, we need to do what John chapter 15 says, be vitally united with the vine. Oh, hallelujah. That life-giving force that every single one of us need. It says explosive power flowing in and through you. We cannot give what we don't have. Every one of us have experienced this. When your outgo is greater than your inflow, there's a deficit. And people will notice it. But to be the best people that God wants us to be, to be the best version of yourself, we can draw on His ability. It's not by might, our, our own power, or our own ability. It's by Him. It's by allowing the Spirit of God to empower us. Hallelujah. With his anointing, with his quickening power. Now back again to Proverbs 31, 25. One of the phrases that was in that passage said, Her position is strong and secure. When I read that, I began to think about the time in which we are living. It seems like insecurity and self-doubt is at an all-time high. The social media platforms, they are flooded with pictures and of selfies of me, myself, and I. And people even use that. They block out the background and make it look like they're somewhere else. Or, I don't know, maybe they Photoshop a famous person in there to make it look like they're buddies with somebody famous. What is all of that about? It's really about insecurities. People are trying to make it look like they've got this wonderful life because they don't feel very good about themselves. And they think, well, I got to get my identity from knowing this person or going to this place or having this. Who am I? Really, think about it. The confusion that's in the world. Even the gender identity confusion and crisis in our world. Parents, Teach your children to be who God created them to be. He didn't make a mistake when he said male and female. He didn't leave a question mark. You check the one that you're feeling like today. No. God created man. God created woman. Teach your children. Be who God created you to be. Don't let the world tell them who they might be. Teach them who Jesus said they are. Are true. Amen. A godly woman, she is safe. She, her position is strong and secure. She knows who she is in Christ Jesus. We know who we are 
who he created us to be. Our identity is in him. Maybe to lighten the mood here just for a moment, i got to tell you one of my favorite jokes from Mark Hankins. So there was this guy that lived in the hills of Arkansas. He didn't get out much. So one day he decides he's going to drive his old pickup down out of the hills in Arkansas to go into town. Well, he gets pulled over by a highway patrolman. And the officer says, Sir, do you have any ID? And he said, About what? Some of you don't get it. Any ID? You got any idea? About what? He didn't have a clue. Any ID? What he was talking about. And there's some people in the world like that. They don't have any ID about what's going on in the world today. But that is not us. Amen. What God has planned for us, we know. It's good things. We're safe. We're secure in who he has called us to be. Hallelujah. Our position is strong. Say it with me. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. How about this? I know who I am and whose I am. Hallelujah. I am more than a conqueror. I'm victorious in Christ Jesus. So even when things in the world appear to be unstable, which they do, and insecure, we, our position is what? It's strong and it's secure. We remain settled, fixed, established in unsettling times. Glory to God. Amen. And then another phrase in that passage in Proverbs 31, 25 in the Amplified. She rejoices over the future because she and her family are ready for it. Ready for it. Glory to God. When is the last time that you said, yay, I'm so excited about the future. My future is so bright, I have to wear shades. When's the last time you were that excited about what God has in store? But fortunately, we're living in a time when fear is what people see when they talk about the future. Fear holds people in bondage. It paralyzes them. It opens the door to the enemy. And many times, the thing that we are concerned about, the thing that we are afraid might happen in the future, never, ever even happens. It's a lie of the devil trying to get us to buy into it because fear will open the door to him. But many of these images that he brings to our mind, they're not real. I heard someone say this about fear, false evidence appearing real. It robs our faith. It steals our joy. It silences our laughter. So how are we going to face our future? We're going to face our future in faith. 
We're going to face our future knowing that God has got us. So don't be afraid to do something new like, oh man, the world is in such a, a mess. Everything is going to go under. And then maybe this opportunity has presented itself. Some people are afraid to take a new job. They're just all bound up with fear. Or there are some folks have, maybe their heart has been broken in a relationship. And now they've got all of these barriers and walls up and afraid to open up their heart and love again. Maybe other people are just so consumed with, you know, my kids. Oh, my kids, I'm afraid. What's going to happen to my kids and my grandkids? They're going to get corrupted by the world. I'm afraid. They're not going to serve Jesus. I'm afraid they're going to get in trouble. No, we cannot live our lives like that. Even in the book of Job, the things that happened to him, God turned his life around, but he went through a rough patch. And the Bible says in the book of Job, the thing he greatly feared came upon him. So we're not going to fear our future. We're going to face our future. Faith-filled words dominate the law of sin and death. Faith-filled words will change the course of our life and those connected to us. Speak right words over your kids and your grandkids. Don't look at them and say, man, you are a demon child. You are just like your dad. Things like that. In our case, I could say my kids were just like their dad. And it was a good thing. (laughs) Smile. Anyway. (laughs) Speak good words. Tell them how much God loves them. Tell them you believe in them. Tell them that they can do whatever God has called them to do. Let them know you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. In the Amplified, that says who infuses you with inner strength. Faith-filled words are a powerful force. Amen? Now, I want to go to this passage again in Proverbs 31. And this is where the title of our message came from. We don't have this translation, but lovely assistant Jane put it up on on the screen for me. Proverbs 31.25 in the New American Standard. You're going to like this. Strength and dignity are her clothing. And she smiles at the future. They'll have it up there in a minute, but you can, you can listen, right, without seeing it. It's a new American standard. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she smiles at the future. You know, one of the things that I think that I have despised the most about masks is you can't see people's smiles. The past two years... Smiles have been hidden. And y'all try, you know, it's fine if people still need to wear a mask. You know, you do what you're comfortable with. We're, we're glad you're here. But when everybody's wearing a mask and maybe you're up here preaching, you don't know if they're smiling or going, mm, sticking their tongue out at you under that mask. It's good 
to see smiles again. Amen. And maybe you have forgotten how to smile. So I want to give you some instructions on how to smile. Again, I looked up the definition of the word smile. Change in one's facial expression. Characterized by spreading the lips. Spread your lips. (laughs) Turning up the corners of the mouth. Let me see. Hmm. Anna, you're not smiling. (laughs) It usually signals happiness or pleasure. Let's all practice again. Spreading the lips. Turning up the corners of the mouth. Not a fake smile. A genuine, real smile. And listen to this. Many studies have been done on how many muscles are used to smile versus used to frown. Check this out. A smile ranges from 17 to 26 muscles. But a frown ranges from 43 to 62 muscles. Hmm, I think that's proof that you have to work harder to be a grouch than to smile. So let's smile again. Smile at somebody. If you're wearing a mask, that's great. That's okay. Just go ahead and smile under your mask. They can tell. You know, you can tell with the eyes if you're smiling. Smile a while. We used to sing this song in Sunday school. Smile a while. Give your face a rest. There's proof right there. When you smile, it's easier on your face than making a sad face and a grumpy face. Turn your mouth down. Hmm. Yeah, that's work. That takes more muscles to do that. So smile a while. Give your face a rest. Raise your hands to the one you love the best. And the rest of that song was then... Turn to someone nearby and give to them a smile. So do that too. Amen. Smiles are powerful. Hallelujah. I already talked about our granddaughters, but when Olivia, our oldest granddaughter, was really little, I was down there when she was born, and John would start singing to her, and she would smile. So they went in for like their two-week checkup, and he told the pediatrician, you know, She's smiling. And he said, no, that, that's too early. Probably gas. You know, that's what they'd say. <laughs> Something like that. So John starts singing to her, and she smiled. And the pediatrician went, whoa, that was a meaningful smile. He said, she's socially advanced. Because <laughs> she's doing a meaningful smile at two weeks. So why do babies smile? Why are they so happy? You know why? They know that mommy and daddy are going to take care of them. They're not worried about where they're going to get their next meal from. They're not laying in the crib crying about, Oh man, where am I going to go buy diapers? How am I going to find a place to live? No, babies don't have worries and cares. Only about... Where's my next meal coming from? But they trust mommy and daddy 
to take good care of them. Can you, do you trust your heavenly father to take good care of you? He's watching over us. In Matthew, it talks about how he cares for the lilies of the field. He cares for the birds. And how much more, how much more does he love us and care for us? We can smile. Do it again. We can smile at our future because Daddy God loves me. He cares for me. He provides for me. Hallelujah. Our smiles are literally a statement that we are facing our future full of peace, full of faith, full of joy and no worry and no anxiety. It's an outward expression of what we know on the inside. Hallelujah. And our happiness and our joy, it can be a witness to people without even saying a word. There's a great scripture in Proverbs that I recently read, Proverbs 15:30, out of the Amplified. It says, the light in the eyes of him whose heart is joyful rejoices the heart of others. And good news nourishes the bones. The light in our eyes that comes from the light on the inside is tangible. And it will cause even people around us for their spirits to be lifted up and to be encouraged. We recently had Pastors Mark and Janet Brzee here for great meetings. If you weren't here, go online and watch those services. But it was like um, two and a half years ago. They were here the last time that they were here. And it happened to be around my birthday in September of 2019. And we had gone down to Monterey, Carmel area with them before the meetings. And Janet and I, as we always do when we get together, decided we needed to go shopping. So, you know, the two marks were having coffee, coffee. And we found this little shop downtown Carmel called Jazzy's. I like the name of it. So we're like, yeah, let's go in there. And anyway, I've told this story before what happened two and a half years ago. So Janet and I go in there. We're just happy. We're just being ourselves. And the owner started following us around. And she said this. Why are you girls so happy? What are you on? Isn't that amazing? If people think, you know, people in the world, if, you, if you're laughing, if you're smiling, if you're just acting happy, they think you're medicated or drunk or high on some drug or something. So we, I turned around to her and I said, oh, it's Jesus. But you know, you've got a lot of cute things in here. We'll talk to you a little bit later. Well, this lady... She kept following us around the store. And she kept saying, why are you so happy? Why are you so happy? So finally, after we got tried on the things we wanted to buy, we sat her down in a chair and we said, now listen, this is why we're so happy. And talked to her about Jesus. Asked her if she wanted to receive him, which she did. We prayed with her. And she told us. She told us that her brother was a pastor in L.A. So I'm sure that we were probably the answer to his prayers. 
You know it's good to pray for anointed labors to come across your loved one's path, but it's awesome when you get to be the anointed labor behind someone else's prayers. And that's what we were that day. And she was so happy to receive Jesus. And we were so happy because she gave us a discount. And, you know, (laughs) she was just thrilled that we had come into her store. And she kept marking off numbers. We're like, yeah, how happy are you now? Just go ahead. (laughs) Be happier still. And then we walked out and we told our husbands, wow, we confirmed there's such a thing as shopping evangelism. Glory to God. Well, now there's part two of this same story. They were just here. We spent a day down in Monterey. And of course, Carmel and Janet's like, let's find that little shop again. Well, I remembered where it was. So we walked in. And this was so awesome. Janet, she's got this contagious smile. And she walked up to her and she said, do you remember us? And the lady just immediately said, yes, you're the happy girls. (laughs) But this time she had a little cane by her chair and she was sitting in the chair. So I said, her name's Christina. Christina, what's wrong? And she said, oh, I'm going in this week. I'm going in this week for knee surgery. I'm in so much pain and I'm so anxious and I'm so afraid about this surgery. So then, wow, I said, okay, we're here on assignment. I said, let me pray for you. There were other people in the store. This one lady was standing right there, but we didn't care. We said, can we pray for you? Laid hands on her knee, prayed for a successful surgery. This gal was blessed. She said, oh, God has sent me angels, she said, to pray for me today. And then once again, she said, let me give you a discount. And so Janet bought me this jacket at Jazzy's. Why do you like it? And it was, she kept marking it down. Glory to God. (laughs) She said, you're sent by God. And she remembered us as the happy girls. Happy are the people. Whose God is the Lord. The very light in our eyes. The very smile on our face. Is a witness that God is good. It's a lot better to say, hey, you want to know why I'm so happy than people to say, why are you so grouchy? No, that's not a good witness. The witness is, Jesus hath made me glad. I'm so glad and I'm not sad. And you can be the same way. I know as we're winding down here, folks, I know that we are living in what the Bible calls perilous times. It's easy to get consumed with, oh man, I got to keep my family safe. I've got to do this and that. I got to pray every day. I got to read the word. I got to confess the word. And I, I'm not saying don't do those things. Of course, 
we need to do those things. But we can almost get in a treadmill of works. If I don't say 25 confessions today, something terrible may happen to my family. If I don't pray for two hours, then something's going to happen. No, we live our lives in faith. We have that relationship where we draw near with Him. But it's a joy to have that relationship with Him. It's not out of works and it's not on this treadmill of life. It's because we love Him. Amen? And along with doing these things that we know we need to do, this came up big in my heart. The Holy Ghost reminded me of the Scripture. And this is a word for some people here today. He also wants you to enjoy life. To relax and have fun with your family and friends. There's a scripture in Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse 15. And you might say, oh, you're taking this out of context, but hey, I'm preaching. It spoke to me, so take it or leave it. In the New Living Translation, just the first part says, So I recommend having fun. I recommend having fun. Say it with me. When I get to fun, just say the word. and I think it will help you. I recommend having fun. Hallelujah. That's part of smiling at your future. Today is a good day to stop and reflect. Am I in fear or faith? Am I too serious and sad? Am I all work and no play? You've all heard this saying, the family that prays together stays together. I like to say this, the family that plays together has fun along the way. Pray, have your devotions, read the word, but don't forget to have fun. Serving Jesus is a joy. Joyce Meyer said, life is a journey. Learn to enjoy the trip. Why did Jesus come? It's so clear. John 10.10 in the Amplified. The thief comes only in order to steal and kill. That's the devil's job. But this is what Jesus said. He came. I came that you may have and enjoy life to the full till it overflows. Why did Jesus come? He came to give us life, but he also came that we would enjoy this life that he has given to us. Hallelujah.